0: You're listening to Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trellowitz, part of CKCC Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. And now your host, Jeff Trellowitz. And welcome back to episode number 22 of Real Paranormal Talk. We are back with part two of my interview with Dustin Perry... Part one has had some pretty incredible reviews. People have liked the first part, and I hope that you're going to enjoy the second part as well. Again, this was recorded uh, about two weeks ago on a Friday night. I had a lot of fun talking with Dustin. I hope it comes through in the interview as well. So without any further ado, we're going to jump right in to part two of my interview with Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International star Dustin Perry. Any advice you'd give to someone who's thinking about becoming Becoming a paranormal investigator.
1: Just be respectful. I think the most important thing is to be respectful while you do this kind of stuff, you know? Uh, don't believe all the hype, don't get caught up in all the nonsense of it, don't fake stuff, uh, don't hate on other people's evidence, don't hate other people for doing it. Um, just do your own thing and be respectful of the dead and be respectful of the living. I think that really covers everything.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, me and my friend Jen, whenever we go to the cemetery, we always are respectful. We don't step on the graves if we don't have to. We always, yeah. I mean, even as something is saying please and thank you, because like Jason and Grant say, these were people once. Uh-huh. And so to, to show respect now is showing them respect for when they were in... Yeah, exactly. So we we're always very careful. We, you know, always you know, even sage, just to make sure that nothing follows us home, so. All right, now, clearly you believe in ghosts, but I'm curious if you are, how you feel about other aspects of the paranormal. So, for example, do you believe in aliens?
1: I do. I I think that it would be odd for us to think we're the only thing alive in all of Interstellar space, you know, there's got to be something out there somewhere. Uh, whether they're the way we depict them as, uh, as you know, the grays or the, you know, the classic teardrop look or, or whatever, um, I'm not sure. But I, I do believe that um, there's you got to at least give it to the possibility that these things, other creatures, exist out there.
0: I agree. And like, again, I had an experience when I was a kid that I'm like, so now whenever I'm out at night, I'm always just like looking up to the sky going, anything look not normal? Okay, we're good. (laughs) Nice. What about cryptids?
1: Uh, Cryptids for sure, man. Uh, You know, it's funny because I just uh, finished up a lecture that covers a lot of cryptic creatures. And some of them, um, it's interesting because some of the stories, you know, are huge, but then when we get to, like, find out there's a creature that looks like it you know like the chupacabra mm-hmm. like everyone thought chupacabra was fake until like they discovered it like yeah. oh it's actually an animal yeah and i think that yeah a lot of times i make sure like bigfoot you know loch ness monster these are some huge ideas um and i think there's nothing wrong with the idea of them and there's even a possibility that they did exist at one time if they don't still exist now um, but to think that we've seen everything there is to see here, that we've discovered every animal, every creature, every fish, uh, it's just, um, I think it's, it's kind of like an egotistical thing to think that these things can't exist. Sure, some of them sound like really crazy, uh, but some of the things that, you know, could just be animals and different things like that, I think are quite possible.
0: And again, I I completely agree, because when you look at how little we've actually discovered in, say, you know, rainforests or on the ocean floor, there's always because we're discovering new creatures. Now, yeah, they're usually, you know, tiny, but that doesn't mean that there's not anything that we large that we have not yet discovered yet. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now, your nickname is the Paranormal rock star. How did that name come about? A gentleman named Mike
1: Roberts, um, who was from North Carolina, and I was overseas, and uh, we were doing an interview, I think via Skype, and uh, we we're chatting about like you know how tough life on the road was and traveling around and doing all this stuff, and, um, and he said, "Well, it's like if nothing else, you can always tell your your daughter that you travel the world like a paranormal rock star," <laughs> and, um, and then it just kind of stuck from there, you know, like from my music all the time and you know my big hair and like i'm always a little bit different so uh, i guess that's why um but whatever people call me that's fine i just as long as they have something nice to say and if they don't that's okay too but hopefully they've got something nice to say
0: i mean i haven't heard anyone say anything negative about you so
1: well that, that's good i appreciate it
0: all right now you've written five books now we've talked extensively about the paranormal but i want to get more into some of your other interests what inspired you to write those books So, yeah, so the first
1: couple of books of Barry were paranormal. Then I went off and started writing stuff on my own. Um, And from What's Next to In the Devil Shivered and Kaleidoscope, these books kind of travel with me, like, on the road, behind-the-scenes stories, but more not about the show, but just about life on the road. And uh, I wanted to write these because... Um, you know people see you on television and you know it's a very small platform I'm not some big star but with a little bit of notoriety I had people would write to me and they'd ask questions and it um, went from paranormal advice to life advice to work and love life and, and like serious things about like self-harm and cutting and uh, thoughts of suicide and um I wanted to try to help people and inspire them. And I wanted them to see that, just because I was on television doesn't mean that things were easy. And traveling and being alone a lot sometimes is very difficult, but ways that I went to try to find to be happy and just stories from different countries and things like that. Uh, But what I care about most is just trying to help other people. You know, I always say that we're we're spirits going through a human experience. Inside each one of us is, is a spirit. We're not from here, we don't stay here. But while we're here together, we should be looking out for each other. And so um, I really like to, to, to do that for others as much as I can.
0: I absolutely loved What's Next, and I want to read some of your other books as well because I liked all the pop culture references, some, oh, yeah. some references to old songs that I'd completely forgotten. I just yeah. thought that, and the way that you would tie it into the stories that you were telling for Life on the Road, I thought was really clever. Thanks, Ned. Thank you very much. Uh, do you have plans to write any other books? I
1: have two that I've started Um, One is a pure fiction book Um, My first one of this type And it's kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Wizard of Oz And all kinds of weird stuff But it's a motivational book Um, That just tells a story of a character That goes on this fantastic journey And the weird creatures that he meets And stuff along the way And how he learns things from them Um, So I uh, I was hoping to get that out this year But then this year it's just and it's been crazy, and it's busy, thankfully. Um, but I've got a good at least a third of that written, I think. And um, I started to, uh, to also fancy writing a book um, about Christmas, because I love Christmas a lot. And uh, so I'm putting something together about that, too. So I, I stay quite busy doing these kind of things.
0: I could imagine. Now, in addition to the books, you also, under better circumstances anyway, travel the country and give lectures on several topics. Where did you get the idea to do that? actually to do like some
1: colleges uh, to do lectures and like little ghost hunt activities and that kind of thing um, and then we start doing the casino events and want watch to do you know a presentation um, so we started doing those and then uh, in New England you know going around to the libraries in the fall and stuff has always been nice and uh, then I kind of found my niche doing motivational speaking and uh, so I speak anywhere from grade schools all the way up to corporate events and everything um, and I change the subject matter depending on my audience uh, but I think it's important especially now to try to keep people motivated and going forward and I try to make it fun it's not a lot of you can do it <laughs> believe in yourself like that stuff you know which has its place and God bless the people that do it but for me it's life experience and looking at things to me everything comes down to perspective and we're gonna find new ways to look at things so that we can find ways through situations and, um, and that's you know like my youtube series hey got a minute that came about because of these kind of events and lectures uh, and I wanted to have an opportunity to put things out there for people. And yeah, it's weird. I dress up in costume and I wear makeup and all of this stuff. But I think, you know, the two, three-minute videos,
0: they've got a good message, and hopefully they help some people. Because oh, I started watching them a couple months ago and kind of fell off. Definitely want to get back into them. But I really enjoy it because, again, I look at you can't take yourself too serious, especially these yeah. days. Yeah. You need to have fun. And the fact that you're inspiring people and, you know, showing a different side to yourself that people may not know, I think can definitely make an impact in people's lives.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, man. They're a lot of fun to do. We did 120, and I'm, I'm writing up a new batch, so we're going to do another
0: 60 of them. And the fact that they're, again, only one minute. So when you look at what's actually available on YouTube, and they're, you know, 15, 20, 45-minute videos, yeah. with these, you can literally knock out, you know, 20 of them on your lunch break, and actually, by the end of it, you're feeling good. So Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you very much. How long does it take you to develop a lecture, research, and practice it until you know you're ready to actually perform it for an audience. Uh,
1: so, yeah, there's a lot of research that goes into it. Um, I like to try to make sure I cross-reference all my stuff. Um, so usually it's a couple of months, um, like, from from start to finish, you know, because um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And then, you know, toward the end, it's you know, I start getting fussy, like, okay, I want to, like, make the dissolve look like this or a page flip like that because I like it to look smooth Um, and then I practice them of course but uh, I always think it's very important at least when you're putting the information together that you don't just you know Google search something and then just copy whatever you see because a lot of times that's not factual it's not not accurate you know so I do the best I can to try to cross reference things as many times as possible and even with the Hank Adam videos there's a lot of times where you'll see me say this quote was attributed to you know Mr. Rogers But it's not from Mr. Rogers, you know? But we live in a society now where people see a meme posted. They're like, oh, yeah, of course he said that. But it's no, someone just put that picture with these words. But we go back and it's from like a political activist from like the 60s, you know? So it's important to research things because we really live in a time
0: where it's easy to get misinformation and people share it without ever checking it. So you
1: have to really do your your due diligence with it.
0: Uh, You know, again, it makes me think of the meme of. Uh, It's a picture of Abraham Lincoln, and it says, if it's on the Internet, it must be true, quote, Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) Nice, exactly. And yet there are some people that will be like, well, if it's on the Internet, Abraham Lincoln must have actually said it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right, now, one look at your Twitter page. Everyone will know who your favorite musician is. What is it about the king that makes his music so everlasting?
1: Oh man, Elvis is just so timeless, Um, and and I love all kinds of music, I'm a Beatles fan, I love John Lennon, I love Willie Nelson, but Elvis is just, he's the king for a reason, man, just uh, the charisma, the showmanship, like I watched videos of like him performing in the 60s where he was like a young kid, and um, you can see how excited he is, and even like in the early, early ones you can see he's nervous. Um, and then like in the 70s on stage in like a casino, like kissing every girl (laughs) halfway through a song it's like, who does that? like it's insane, you know, like he is a rock star's rock star like that's about as good as it gets, man and I know the movies, you know, kind of like cheesy or whatever, but I love the movies Um, just, my dad was an
0: Elvis man, and uh, it just kind of got trickled down to me, I guess So what are your favorite Elvis songs? If you had to pick a handful, what
1: yeah it's hard because it changes a lot um, um follow that dream has always been one of my, my favorites uh, follow that dream wherever that dream may lead that's a great little song it's light and, heart, uh, and it's light hearted and, and heartfelt I think um if I can dream uh which he did with the 68 uh, comeback special it's a great real powerful song about dreaming that we could all work through this life together uh hand in hand um there's uh, man, there's so many different ones that I just uh, I just come to love, and uh, a lot of even like the movie soundtrack stuff I think is really fantastic, you know. Uh, but yeah, follow that dream, and uh, and if I can dream
0: are probably my favorite. So I guess I get things for dreams, and hoping that things will get better. <laughs> well, we could use that these days, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. and because I mean the fact that you list those songs when you think about Elvis, those would be considered deep cuts because they're not you know Heartbreak Hotel or. Yeah. And a, a lot of like the great songs are the ones that don't necessarily get the same play as the bigger hits, because those yeah. tend to be the more deeper songs. Because yeah. when you think Elvis, again, you think, you know, hip shaking and and the hair and yeah. and you know, hound dog and jailhouse rock. So I, I think it's cool that you listed some of the uh, the lesser known songs. Yeah. Now uh, you had listed a couple other musicians, who else, anything from today that you might listen to? Um,
1: no, I think I've gotten old man, uh, <laughs> honestly the last new art so this is sounds old too, the last new artist that I got into and like downloaded a bunch of his stuff was Little Wayne, which like <laughs> a great contrast to Elvis and John Lennon and Willie Nelson. Um, but he was, like, the last, like, new artist that I listened to. Like, I can't remember, like, I, I, I like rock a lot, but
0: I, I think I, for me, rock was, like, 1980s, like, glam bands, hair yep. bands, yep. Um, early 90s metal. Like, I was into
1: that stuff. Um, but then, like, once, you know, I, and I love Nirvana and stuff. But after Grunge,
0: I feel like after Grunge, to me, rock kind of fell off a oh, bit. It's not just you. Don't worry. <laughs> No, because I'm, I'm the same way. Whenever someone asks me what kind of music do I listen to, my first reaction is I'm a classic rock guy. Yeah, so yeah. for me, it's Queen, yeah. Aerosmith, Billy Joel, Elton John. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, there are some music of today that I'll listen to. I'm big into Shine Down and Theory of a Dead Man and things like that. But if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to pick one genre to listen to, it's gonna be classic rock and like you said even 80s bands Def Leppard Guns N' Roses Poison Uh all the classic one-hit wonders that are just so horribly cheesy like (laughs) like I like if I hear the safety dance I automatically have to look at my hands because it's part of the song All right, and now you and I have talked many times on Twitter about wrestling. So, which yeah. do you prefer, old school wrestling or the wrestling of today? Uh, old school wrestling. Without, old yeah. school wrestling, uh, growing up in the 80s, you know, with with, um, with guys like Brutus
1: Barber Beefcake and The Ultimate Warrior, uh, Demolition, Bret Hart, um, Mr. Perfect. Bobby the Brain Heenan to me was like the best wrestling I had going like that commentator give and take was so
0: good yeah him and Monsoon were um, oh. the, the give and take those two had were, yeah. was amazing
1: it was fantastic the, to me that was the hallmark of wrestling and I really liked you know getting into the 90s like I, I really enjoyed like the NWO thing I enjoyed watching WCW but then there was a period where it just went dead for me but yeah again, somewhere after
0: um when WWF WWE bought WCW and just dismantled it, it just kinda died for me for yeah.
1: a while. I just wasn't into it. And, um the last couple of years I got back into it. I've been watching it
0: a lot, and I'm glad AEW is out there, giving them some competition. Yep. A lot of the young stars coming up that I enjoy.
1: Um but yeah, man, I grew up in the eighties. That was those are larger than life guys, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we will ever see Personalities like we saw with Hogan and Savage, and like you said, Ultimate Warrior. I mean, those were the ultimate larger-than-life characters. Have you tried to be on WWE Thunderdome yet? Uh, I
1: haven't. uh, I haven't applied to be a part of it, uh, but I do enjoy watching it. Apparently, their contract with the Thunderdome runs out the end of October, I think. Yeah. And it's supposed to go back on the road, but in the background and color in the background and movement in the background is much better than what they had to do. But God bless them. I mean, they found ways. They made the best of it. People are still out there performing and putting themselves at risk. It was fantastic that they made it through it. And I look forward to see what comes down the pike.
0: I I completely agree. Um, Give some, because for the people who don't really know you, give someone a random fact about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Um, I once won a donating contest.
0: There you go. I was at a Simpsons film festival
1: at an old movie theater, and they they brought like four or five big guys that you would like expect to eat a lot of donuts on stage. And then I raised my hand, and they're like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah." And I, I ate, they gave us all a random dozen donuts, you as many as you could in five
0: minutes without anything to drink. And I got eight. <sighs> and oh. Eight uh... donuts in five minutes, and I won like a VC No, it was a DVD player. I won a DVD
1: player, Simpsons DVDs. And like uh, some other prize
0: pack stuff, but yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I like I love donuts, but I don't know that I can eat eight and a half donuts without something to coat. That's yeah. yeah. I destroyed them. I <laughs> <love> them. <laughs> but again, you look at you know the Joey Chestnut at the uh, Coney Island. You oh, know yeah. he's a little dude too, and yet oh, he will yeah. just. He breaks records every year and it's disgusting but awesome at the same time. Yes, it is. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna wrap it up with one more we kinda of got away from the paranormal talk, but I I wanna ask, what has been some of your favorite moments on Ghost Hunters that either you were a part of or you have seen? Um, so some of the best ones. one of my favorites was just comedy, it was just the first time we met Dave Tango
1: and he wore that tiara on <laughs> I remember being at the base of the stairwell and, and talking to me, and, and like, he's like, oh yeah, Steve told me I had to wear this, and I'm like, try it not to laugh, like, and just like, what the heck is going on here, you know? Um, that was one of my favorites just because it was so funny. Uh, spiritual stuff, I mean, the, the, as we talked about, the lighthouse was fantastic. We went to a, a place that's kind of lesser known too in eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, it was a an old um, American Legion Hall, and for a while, that was going to be my last case. I, I, I left the show just I wanted to come back home. And um, it was cool for me because there were shadow figures there, the tall one and the short one. And I was like, how perfect for me is this like a storybook ending? Like, I started with seeing this as a kid, and on my last time filming the show with these people. And this is what I get to see one last time, you know. Uh, but the Ghost Hunter crew is kind of like the mafia and they just keep pulling
0: me back <laughs> every I time I think I'm out yeah. they keep pulling me back two episodes. in two episodes alright okay. <laughs> maybe one season maybe
1: two seasons <laughs> but I love it I love the people I work with I love doing it even now like you know I get to do an episode of Ghost Nation this year it's a lot of
0: fun yeah it, it, it was good to see like, you on uh, Ghost Nation this year with Cody thank you
1: very much yeah, it was nice I love working with Cody He's one of my best friends and uh, he's going to be doing more in Ghost Nation. He and Satori, it's good stuff, so I hope people check it
0: out. Uh, for me, there are three stories that always, when I think of favorite moments on Ghost Hunters, one is with Tango, when he was swearing in the funeral home, when he was trying to provoke. Here comes Jersey. He's like, I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> was so bad. Like, the worst provoking ever, it was just like, crackle. and then when they cut to everyone in the van laughing. <laughs> Uh, Were you there the day Elijah Burke freaked out in Waverly Hills? Oh, yeah, it went running down the (laughs) road. Push Kristen out of the way. Oh, okay. Like,
1: I need it, man. Gone. Yep. That's
0: That's what it's like. If I'm in a bad mood, I will put that clip on just because of. (laughs) And then. Out
1: of the wrestlers I worked with, I talked with Miz the most.
0: I forgot Miz did it, too, because I was like, Kofi did it, Punk did it. Elijah Burke did it. I forgot Miz did it.
1: Well, because Miz never broke kayfabe. Miz stayed in character the whole time. And they, like, they were like, we can't use this. And they sent him to the trailer. And I was just hanging out there at the time. So we sat and talked. It was awesome.
0: Because you guys have had some really cool guest stars. Like, my favorite was the meatloaf episodes. I never did the meet meatloaf. I'm so mad. I wanted to. Cause he And, like, he took it so seriously. It was amazing to watch. Like, ha, like, you look at him in there, and it was a kid in a candy store. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved because I was a big Eureka fan, so to see Colin Ferguson on was a cool yeah. episode. Um, yeah, there were so many great, like, guest yeah. stars that I'm like, oh, that's cool that they got him in. Yeah. And then my other favorite one was, again, I think it was either season one or season two, in New York, they're unloading the van and they put some equipment down and some guy picks it up and runs with it and Steve goes into full cop mode and chases the guy down. Yeah, I want
1: to say it was Batavia in New York, maybe. I forget, but uh, yeah, they be
0: careful where you go, you know? <laughs> yeah, that goes back to what we were saying earlier. You don't know people's intentions. Guy sees a case on the sidewalk, he's like, I'm claiming this as my own. <laughs> Good times, but... All right, well, I want to thank you for your time. I think I've taken up enough of your time. Thank you for being part on Real Paranormal Talk. Um, You're welcome to come back anytime, because I had a blast. I appreciate it. Me too. Thank you so much, man. All right, thank you, Dustin. Have a good night. All right, you too, buddy. See you later. And that's going to wrap up my first interview here on Real Paranormal Talk. That was, of course, Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, again, he was such a great uh, conversation. I, and I, I'm hoping to get a couple more interviews as this podcast continues to grow. In the meantime, I want to thank you for listening. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts here on CKCC Radio, including the new number one show on the network, Nerd Table, which will have a new episode tomorrow morning. Also, check out, if you're on Facebook... My group called Paranormal Discussion. It's a great way to reach me as well. So check out Paranormal Discussions here on Facebook as well. In the meantime, I hope you have a great weekend. And unfortunately, it's Monday tomorrow. So uh, have a good week, everybody.